0: Thank you. And welcome to another episode of the What's Good Games podcast, your source for video game news, commentary, analysis, and funny stuff every Friday. I'm Andrea Renee, joined by Miss Christine Steimer. Hello, and Miss Brittany Brombacher is not here. She is in Florida, getting the pee scared out of her. Yes, she gets. She's getting the spooks on right now. <laughs> and uh, she, she, no, she go like, ahead. Sorry, she
1: was, she was just like, you, you're going to get spooked next week, and I was like, fuck. <laughs> I, forgot. I know I'm I very forgot, I agreed to this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well don't worry the three of us will be there because don't forget Alana is coming with. That's true I will be wedging
1: myself in the in the middle of this pack and just like hiding because I'm probably the, I think I'm the shortest
0: yeah I'm the shortest out of all of you. It's true you are so if you are confused as to what we are talking about we of course are referring to. Universal's Halloween Horror Nights, which is an annual trek for Brittany and her husband Jason at Universal Studios in Orlando. But we are going to be visiting the Halloween Horror Nights here at Universal Studios Hollywood. I hope that you guys are partaking in some spooky festivities in your hometown, whatever they may be. Because, of course, it is the month of spooky stuff. And we are going to be partaking in some spooky stuff ourselves next week in addition to Horror Nights because... We have our monthly Patreon exclusive streams. That's right. The happy hour Q&A is going to be happening on Thursday, October 17th, starting at 6 p.m. Pacific time. And then after that, we're doing a late night spooky fest with Man of Madon from the Dark Pictures Anthologies. That after our stream is going to begin at 8 p.m. Pacific time. And all three of us are going to be in person at my house in Los Angeles, the studio, Not ready yet. Um, So I have uh, kind of a sort of rough timeline. It looks like the studio won't be ready to go until late November. Uh, Listen, construction takes a long time. You know, they got to like put some framing up and put insulation Insulation,
1: Insulation is the most important step that apparently nobody in California knew how to do originally. (laughs) They were like, it's warm here. It's the land of sun. You don't need insulation. And I'm like, you fools. (laughs) insulation helps you
0: in the hot and the cold that's the whole point exactly exactly and after spending one too many hot summers in the studio in the san francisco bay um it is a requirement that the new studio has air conditioning so i'm going to make that happen just take some time but we found a good contractor um and we are ready to begin construction it's a very exciting time So uh, stand by. We'll keep you updated. Once um, construction gets underway, I'll post some pics to Patreon. So if you guys want to see that, you're going to have to head on over there, patreon.com slash what's good games. Uh, We have some other fun stuff happening in the not-too-distant future. Uh, A couple weeks from now, we, and by we, I mean me and Brittany, will be heading to my hometown of Fargo, North Dakota, to participate in the Extra Life fundraising event for the Sanford Children's Hospital. Of course, Extra Life is all about raising money for the big, beautiful kids who are suffering from um, all sorts of illnesses, uh, just to make their lives a little bit brighter and help their days go by a little bit easier. And we're going to be having a live event on Saturday, October 26th, and we will be doing a meetup the night before Friday, October 25th. We are just finalizing those details, so uh, keep your eyes glued to our social media accounts for specific times and places. We're going to be announcing those hopefully in the next week or so, but what we are ready to announce is... The Extra Life What's Good Games poster contest. That's right, everybody. We are going to finally be making a poster. Or should I say, you are going to be finally making a poster. Do you consider yourself artistic? Maybe you are proficient in Microsoft Paint the way Brittany is. Hey, then I'm might- sort of kind of. <laughs> you are very proficient. Let me tell you that your Powerpuff Girl renditions of us <laughs> for the monthly postcard are some of my favorite. Oh, thanks. And then when I open up your Photoshop files, I'm like, oh, my gosh, there's so many layers. I did not know that she was so proficient at Photoshop. She's very good at it. (laughs) I'm very messy in Photoshop, but it gets the job done. (laughs) Hey, whatever works, man. Whatever works. Um, If you guys are interested in submitting your What's Good Games theme poster entries for Extra Life, you are going to need to go to bit.ly slash WGGEL poster. I know that if you're listening to the podcast while you're working out or driving or whatever else you may be doing, you're like, wait a minute, I want to submit. Don't worry. We're going to put the link In the description, it's going to be on our social media accounts as well. Once you go to that link, it'll take you to a submission form, and there will be another link that has all of the details about how to submit your design for the Extra Life poster. Uh, And if you guys want to vote on those posters, there's going to be a whole process for that as well. You're going to be required to make a donation as part of our Extra Life fundraising, and then everybody who makes a donation will get a digital copy of the poster. And one lucky winner will get a physical signed copy from us, that you get to put in your home or at your office, wherever you want to put it. It's up to you. Um, More details coming on that soon, but start thinking about it because the deadline for entries is going to be October 24th. So if you want to make and submit a piece of art, it must be submitted by October 24th. Start thinking about it now. All right. That's going to do it for announcements. Uh, In the spirit of Brittany reading one-star reviews, she submitted a one-star review to me. (laughs) So for the past couple of weeks... We've been asking you guys to take a moment of your time to head on over to your favorite podcast platform where you listen and subscribe to What's Good Games and leave us a lovely review. And so many of you have. Thank you so much to everybody who's taken the time to write some nice words about the show and about why you love listening to the show every week because there are still people out there who are leaving us some puzzling yet amusing one-star review. Can I read it, please? Yes, yes, you can. (laughs) Okay, great
1: this comes to us by real tyrone jackson i'm i can't believe tyrone jackson doesn't like us but games podcast question mark question mark question mark more like dot 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 i don't know if there was more there or if it just got cut off in the screenshot but either way if you enjoy hearing point. women rambling on about nonsense like strange noises in their house and husbands opening doors in the room then this is the podcast for you First twenty-five minutes has nothing to do with games. Out of an hour at a twenty-minute podcast, <laughs> infuriated, infuriated. There are exclamation points abound here. Um, I think this
0: is hysterical <laughs> because Brittany did just talk about Jason opening a door. I think like last week or the week
1: before. And I think John came in at one point too. So like, it's very, rel- very topical. Very topical. <laughs> for one yeah, star yeah. review.
0: Exactly. Um, before we started recording. I was setting up some additional equipment. Hilariously, I have our second monitor just resting on the table, leaning against the window because I can't find the stand for it. And I had my headphones on, and I was shuffling around with some cords, and I didn't hear John knock on the door, and it scared the bejesus out of me.
1: I mean, this is why you live alone, like I do,
0: and no one can sneak up on you. No one's going to be knocking on the door. <laughs> no, just oh Amazon my usually. Yeah, exactly. Get those Amazon packages that you forgot that you ordered.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So funny. Uh, we have um, a ring doorbell in our house now. And so whenever anybody comes to the door, it sends an alert to my phone. Excuse me. And John's like, Did you order something from Amazon? I'm like, Listen, Amazon's been coming to the house multiple times a day on the daily since we moved in. Of course, I've ordered something from Amazon. We just moved in. Amazon. The, you know, are our, na- our new neighbors. <laughs> exactly. Just, like, have a direct pipeline from the factory to me, and it will be much easier for both of us. Yes. <laughs> um, all right. Let me give a big thank you and shout out to our Patreon producers for the month of October. Alex Regopoulos, Chewy's godson, David Ikelucci, Faris and Muhammad Muhammad, and welcome to our Patreon community. TJ, or is it just to che? TJ? I don't know how you pronounce your name, but you could let us know, right? Write us in. Uh, Ruari, or O'Connor. Tristan Morgan. And I know I'm going to mess this up. Yasun, I'm sorry, but I'm going to go for it. Yasun Kajenome. That sounded fine to me, but I also have no idea what it's supposed to sound like. So I don't either. Ignorance just- is bliss. It's, um, it's a lot of consonants, and I apologize for mispronouncing your names, but thank you for supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Games. We love and appreciate you guys. All right, it's time to get into the news. But before we do that, I have to tell you that this week, the news is brought to you by Manscaped. Support... For what's good games, of course, comes from Manscaped. You guys may have remembered us talking about them just a few weeks back. They are number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Listen up, dudes. The last thing you guys want is a nick below the belt. We're all just cringing thinking about it. Nobody ever wants to imagine what's going to happen if your razor goes awry down there. So, the best thing that you can do for your balls is to get Manscaped. They've redesigned the electric trimmer. Their lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary skin safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. I know, I can barely say it with a straight face. And you don't use the same trimmer that you use on your face that you're using on your balls. Come on now, that's just nasty. You gotta have a separate one. Keep it clean, guys. Manscaped also has the crop preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. And why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? You can get 20% off plus free shipping on Manscaped products when you use our special promo code, what's good at manscaped.com because they always want you using the right tools for the job. Plus your balls and the ladies in your life, or maybe the men in your life. Well, thank you. I have a feeling that both men and women appreciate some good manscaping. I know that I do. Amen. So if you so if you want to take the time to make sure that your below the belt region is up to snuff for the partner in your life or maybe just for yourself, then you got to go to manscaped.com and use promo code what's good to get 20% off and free shipping. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code what's good. They have uh, both an electric trimmer and a straight edge razor. And the straight edge razor is actually like super nice. Uh, so we have a little kit that they sent us to check out all the products. And I passed it over to John. I was like, enjoy. But I opened it up and looked at everything first. You're
1: like, this is a gift for you and also a gift for me. <laughs> Go use this. a gift <laughs> for both of
0: us. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Manscaped.com. You heard it. So this week in the news, Stimer and I looked at the rundown and then we we're like, oh boy, it's a little bit of a doozy. Um, we've got some good hardware news and then we've got some very sassy and very controversial uh, news from a publisher later on. So why don't we start with the fun stuff? Right?
1: Yeah, let's do it. Would you like to read the first story? I would love to. Okay, everybody, put your pants on. <laughs> don't know why, but just, you might want something on you, uh, PlayStation Five <laughs> officially named, launching holiday 2020. Changes are coming to the controller. This headline comes to us from Game Informer, uh, and Andrew Reiner wrote this story. So today on the world, not today, in the past, not too distant past, on the PlayStation blog, Sony provided an update for its next generation console, which is now officially called PlayStation Five, and is releasing during 2020's holiday season. Jim Ryan, Sony Interactive Entertainment's president and CEO, also outlined changes to the PlayStation 5's controller. Quote, there are two key innovations with the PlayStation 5's new controller. First, we're adopting haptic feedback to replace the rumble technology found in controllers since the fifth generation of consoles. With haptics, you you truly feel a broader range of feedback, so crashing into a wall in a race car feels much different than making a tackle on a football field. You can even get a sense for a variety of textures when running through fields of grass or plodding through mud. The second feature is what Sony is calling adaptive triggers, which allows developers to determine the the resistance of the L2 and R2 buttons. Ryan gave an example of drawing a bow as a way a developer can make the button a little harder to push. He also noted that developers have early versions of the controller. Elsewhere, Wired has also dropped some information on the upcoming system, specifically the console's main UI. It's being expanded so that players can see what's happening in a game without having to boot it up. So from the PS5 main menu, you can see which multiplayer matches are available in real time or what single player missions and or rewards can be tackled. To no surprise whatsoever, PlayStation 5 is now officially slated to go against Xbox's yet to be named Project Scarlet Next Generation machine in holiday 2020. It's unlikely we'll get full reveals of these machines until late or until the 2019 holiday season is behind us. But it's nice to see Sony providing an early update on what is coming next.
0: So what do you think about this reveal, Steimer? I think it's interesting. I just
1: find it fascinating the way our industry has changed because you and I, we've been around for a very long time. And like back in the day when I was little baby Steimer in PR, you know, Bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. This is not how anything would ever be announced. (laughs) No. There's no way in hell they would just put it out on the blog that, yes, we're making a console and it's coming out. No, no. There would be a giant conference. It would either be at E3 or at their own special event. There would be lights. There would be spectacle and fireworks (laughs) and whatever. And, like, it would be an event. And there would be giant enemy crabs and $700 and all sorts of wonderful things uh, to meme out of. But... Instead, they just quietly announced it on a Tuesday.
0: (laughs) I, I have to be honest. I'm pretty shocked. I think we all were a little taken aback when they made the first reveal about the new console with Wired. But to do a second exclusive reveal, especially something so important as like a release window, confirming the name and giving additional details, it seems like a really odd choice to not only give it as an exclusive to a hardware outlet that's not focused on video games video games is obviously part of their coverage but they're a hardware and tech outlet and and not to give it with somebody like ign or a game informer um i just am kind of scratching my head on this one and don't really understand it I'm trying to hold back judgment about it being indicative of Sony's confidence in their next console and how it stacks up against the competition, particularly Scarlet. And of course, you know, um, Stadia will be, you know, way underway by then. We'll have, you know, had several months to kind of work out some of their kinks. But I don't know how I feel about this. I think that the fact that they're confirmed it's PlayStation 5 is like... LOL, why didn't you just confirm it the first time? That whole, like, rigmarole with Mark Cerny not saying it's actually PS5. That, that Like, we're not confirming the name, but now they are. It's just like, what? I mean, especially for PlayStation, because PlayStation
1: is very... <laughs> like by the book whereas yeah. Xbox kind of plays around with the name right like i don't we don't legit don't know what the Xbox one will be named and it could be anything hell they yeah. could keep they could be like we're now Xbox Scarlet it would make no sense but they could do it um and <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> and you'd be like well, all right i guess sure but if they named the PlayStation 5 anything other than the PlayStation 5 everyone would be like huh yeah Yeah. so I think part of it the fact that yes this is another a a wired article that like has a lot of information in it I think maybe they're just trying to downplay the importance of like console reveals in a way like they're they're sort of taking the wind out of their own sails but I think it's I mean I would imagine it is purposeful Um, and as I think we've said a lot of times it's not necessarily about the hardware it's always about the software And I do think PlayStation is still doing a good job of making sure that the software has those big moments and is, you know, getting the drum beats that it needs to. So I think maybe it's just a PR shift internally of like, okay, well, what's what do we deem important here and what do we want to have these really big events for? And what do we kind of like just want to release information whenever we feel like it,
0: whenever it's a quiet Tuesday, just, you know, go out, go on ahead. Exactly. Um, uh, It's going to be interesting to see how they're going to do the rest of their reveals. I would imagine at this point, if they don't have their own standalone event, that I hope that PlayStation returns to E3 2020. But, I mean, who could say? I would imagine that they would be making an announcement about that sometime before the end of the year. Or maybe they're going to, you know, reveal something else at uh, the Game Awards in December, which is coming up in just a couple of months. Yeah. Um, All I want to know...
1: One, what does it look like? Two, does it still sound like a jet engine? Those are the only two things I need to know <laughs> about this machine. Obviously, I'm going to get it, even if the answer is it's the ugliest piece of shit you've ever seen. And two, if it's the loudest piece of shit you own in your house. Like, it doesn't matter. We're getting this console.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> but- <laughs> supposedly, that concept art that was making the rounds has some truth to it. There was um, some new information on those those rumors. But until Sony confirms it, I don't feel the need for us to report on it. Again, you've seen it, right? The V-Box? If I have, my brain has flushed it out. I'll try to to pull up an image for you, and I'll drop it in the show notes. But um, while we're talking about PlayStation, I'm just going to roll this right into the next story since it's, Um, related. Sony's patent points to next-gen PlayStation VR. So this write-up comes from Eurogamer. Sony's patent for a new PlayStation VR headset depicts several new features which may turn up in a next-gen version of the device. The filing, dug up by Let's Go Digital, the same site which unearthed Sony's patent for the PlayStation 5 dev kit, that's what I'm referring to, the the Ah, V-Box, originates from February 2019 but has only been made public this week. Images show plans for a PSVR headset which includes two front and one rear cameras. A further camera is included on a playstation move style controller these headset cameras are in addition to the leds installed around the current unit a microphone will again be included there's also the option for a further separate camera to track the user's movements like the playstation camera or connect there's a couple photos that are included on this patent filing
1: the it most exciting like you perhaps, have chicken
0: pox on your face. It really, it really does. <laughs> the most exciting, perhaps, is the mention the headset could be operated wirelessly with data sent and received by Bluetooth. This would mean that the unit also includes its own power supply. One final point is the ability for the headset to show a transparent view made possible by those front-facing cameras so you could see your surroundings through the screen. Images from both of these cameras can be displayed at the same time, one per eye, producing a stereoscopic 3D effect alternatively they could be used to overlay AR effects on your real world surroundings so clearly technology that is available right now in the Oculus Quest if you guys have not used it it's a pretty neat feature the pass through view where you can leave the VR headset on and then you can just see outwards with the camera I mean the camera image isn't great but at least it's better than having to take your headset off completely it's just a a nice little function
1: yeah so I, I just hopping back quickly to the dev kit. Holy shit, that's ugly! Yes. <laughs> so yeah, if you haven't seen it, uh, just look up. Um, this is on Eurogamer. It says looks like the leaked PlayStation Five dev kit is real. Is the headline. So uh, hopefully you can find those photos. But yeah, that I mean, dev kits are not usually the same as as retail units, but. This looks like some weird '80s shit. That's all I'm gonna say.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's not great, but you know, like, what are you gonna do? Like, just hide it. Uh, just get just, just like fucking just put
1: anything put in, in front of put it. Put it in a
0: cabinet and forget it. Exists. Yeah,
1: put it in the cabinet. Just turn it on. Close the door. I but, would be really curious to hear from a hardware expert why this design. I mean, it says in there it's talking about there it has a lot of fans, a lot of ventilation, which seems to be an issue for the current one, which is yeah. why it's so loud. that little poor little fan is trying so hard. it has so much work to do. it's just <laughs> buzzing away, uh, so I imagine it's just to keep the thing cool, uh, especially yeah. if you have better parts in there that's going to run hotter, but true,
0: yeah, I had my we have a new entertainment center. And I have the PlayStation 4 Pro inside it right now. And I was playing a game today that I'm going to talk about in the next segment. And I didn't realize there wasn't enough ventilation on the back. And so I was like, man, the PlayStation sounds a lot louder than it normally does. And it normally sounds loud, but it sounds really loud. So I was like, huh, I wonder if it's getting overheated inside that cabinet. Uh, and so I opened the door and I was like, oh, my gosh, it's like an oven in there. <laughs> you <laughs> was, could like easy bake ovens and cookies. <laughs> yeah, literally, it's probably hotter than that easy bake oven we had. I was like, oh, my goodness, this is not good. We're going to have to figure out a solution. So um, I opened the doors and was like, OK, no gaming with the doors closed ever again. <laughs> no. Yeah, that is a, definitely a pro tip. If you do have your
1: consoles and cabinets, have them open when they're being played. My, I have like an open shelf cabinet part where my consoles actually live and then i shove a bunch of junk into the drawers that you can close
0: (laughs) hide it away hide Hide it it. junk (laughs) (laughs) uh
1: but yeah this vr thing i mean you are you and Brittany are much more the vr people that i am this still even if this came out i'm not i'm not excited about it and i don't mean that in a bad way it's just like it's just not not a thing that i particularly enjoy
0: no, I get it. I mean, it's not like I play a lot of VR. I just think that if they're going to make PSVR compatible with where VR is heading or even where v- VR is today, let alone where it is in 2020 and beyond, that they're going to have to iterate on the current PSVR. But Sony has confirmed that PSVR, as it stands, will be compatible with PlayStation 5. So if they do introduce a new version, I'm sure it'll just be like a pro version or like PSVR 2 or. Whatever they're gonna call it. PlayStation so.
1: more virtual reality.
0: <laughs>
1: it's virtual. It's more you're now with hundred percent more virtual. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. All right. Well, How are we gonna tackle this big
0: boy? Let's move on to the to the behemoth story of the week that everybody is talking about, at least as of when we shot this show. Blizzard has suspended a Hearthstone player for Liberate Hong Kong statement in a protest at Blizzard's ban. Wait, in protest at Blizzard's ban. So, this, that headline does not, I was like, that really headline accurately. is not correct. Yeah, great. <laughs> um, so, let me just get right into it. So, this write up comes from Polygon Blizzard Entertainment has suspended Blitzchung, uh, Chung, Chung when mm, Ningwai. Oh my gosh, I do not know how to pronounce this Chinese name, and I apologize um, for my English-speaking terrible ways. A uh, Hong Kong-based Hearthstone Pro from Hearthstone Grandmasters for using his post-game interview on October 6th to support protesters demonstrating in Hong Kong. The casters hosting the interview, both of whom attempted to hide their faces during Chung's statement, were also removed from their positions. Chung appeared on the Taiwanese Hearthstone broadcast wearing a gas mask and goggles following a win against South Korean player Don. Chung said, Liberate Hong Kong, revolution of our time, a slogan associated with the protests. The broadcast quickly cut away from the interview and a video of the stream was later pulled offline. The English broadcast of the day's Hearthstone matches remains available, though the interview segment was not aired. In a ruling on October 8th, Blizzard said Chung's statement violated tournament rules, specifically a rule against doing anything that, quote, brings you into public disrepute. Often offends a portion or group of the public, or otherwise damages Blizzard's image. "End quote." Chung has been removed from the Hearthstone Grandmasters program. The money he earned this season, three thousand dollars plus five hundred for each win, has been knocked down to zero. And Blizzard has also banned the player from participating in Hearthstone esports for one year. Quote, while we stand by one's right to express individual thoughts and opinions, LOL, no you don't, (laughs) players and other participants that elect to participate in our eSports competitions must abide by the official competition rules, Blizzard said in a statement. Chung Chung told Polygon on October 7th that there will be definitely negative consequences for expressing support for Hong Kong, noting that Chinese netizens? I think, yeah. Is that correct? Like, citizens on the web? Am I misreading that? Um, No, you are not. It is, yeah, a user of the internet. (laughs) There you go. We're calling for punishment from Blizzard. He said he wanted to contribute to the protest Hong Kong is having right now, not only to grab more attention, but also telling some of the protesters who are watching the stream that I'm on their side. I've got a lot of supportive messages from my local community, so I'm glad that my statements became kind of an energy for them. Protests in Hong Kong have been ongoing since June, following proposed amendments to an extradition law in the region. The amendments have since been suspended. Demands from demonstrators have expanded to include universal suffrage and in an investigation into Hong Kong's police force, according to Vox. The Hong Kong government issued a ban on face masks, like the one Chung wore on screen, in an attempt to crack down on the months-long protest movement that's gotten increasingly tense, in the recent weeks. Vox reported, Demonstrators wear face masks to protect themselves from tear gas used by police, but they've also become a symbol of the protests. This week, the Houston Rockets general manager, Daryl Morey, has been under fire for tweeting in support of the Hong Kong protests. Chinese media company Tencent, which has rights to stream NBA digitally in China, temporarily suspended its preseason NBA broadcast, according to CNBC. The company previously said it would not stream the Houston Rockets games. Tencent has a 4.9% stake in Activision Blizzard, as well as other video game companies. In fact, that's, Tencent Tencent has their fingers in just about everybody. Tencent is everywhere, but not, <laughs> that's actually,
1: that surprises me that it's so low in Activision Blizzard. I, we'll, we'll get yeah. to that in a minute. We can finish off all of this stuff, but...
0: Yeah, so I just want to give a little bit more context. So there's several stories swirling around this issue, um, not only just around the Hong Kong protest, but about this eSports player specifically and Blizzard's actions. Fans, of course, have called for a Blizzard boycott. I've seen many people in my timeline on Twitter and in my other social media profiles saying how they have deleted their blizzard accounts how they have canceled their wow subscriptions how disappointed they are in blizzard as a company and then In comes Tim Sweeney from Epic Games, and this write-up continues from Polygon. Epic Games founder and CEO Tim Sweeney says his company would never make such a move that they will never happen on my – that will never happen on my watch as founder, CEO, and controlling shareholder of Epic Games, said Sweeney on Twitter. And his thread was actually really fantastic to read, and I was so happy that he took such a firm and declarative stance on this. Um, In that Twitter thread, Sweeney wrote, Epic supports the rights of Fortnite players and creators to speak out about politics and human rights. As he responded to another user who pointed out that Epic Games is 40% owned by Chinese company Tencent, which also holds a small stake in Blizzard, as we mentioned, 4.9% in Blizzard versus 40% of Epic. Um, Sweeney, Sweeney was firm on his stance, saying that if... Fortnite streamer Tfue said, free Hong Kong in a post-game interview. You wouldn't do anything, asked the Twitter user. Sweeney said, exactly. And then he added that Epic is a U.S. company and I'm the controlling shareholder. Tencent is approximately 40% shareholder and there are many other shareholders, including employees and investors. Yeah, That's what I thought
1: was interesting is like Sweeney has a much firmer stance, a much more self-assured stance. And his company is way more owned by Tencent than Activision Blizzard is. Activision, because I didn't know how low the percent was until reading this story, actually. I knew that they had some sort of a stake, but I assumed it was much higher. Um, But yeah, that's actually kind of crazy that it's less than 5%.
0: I think what the real cause is here that a lot of people have been writing to me on Twitter about as well. and it makes sense when you kind of dig into it. Mm. Um, but it also kind of, on the other hand, doesn't, but I can see both angles, is that if you look at Activision Blizzard as a publisher and Epic Games as a publisher... It's clear that China is a gigantic revenue source for Activision Blizzard, both with Call of Duty Mobile and the things they're doing with Call of Duty Online, There's because they have a specific Chinese version of that franchise, and of course what they're doing with other games from Blizzard, including Overwatch and Hearthstone, among Blizzard's other titles. And then if you look at Epic's journey into China, they are obviously publishing games there, but... Epic's games are much more popular in other Asia territories, um, Korea, Japan, and and some others. And so if you look at the money that could potentially be lost for publishing games or selling games in those regions, clearly it looks like just at surface value on paper that Activision has more to lose. However, Tencent's stake in Epic is worth over $830 million. That's not... An insignificant amount of money that Tencent has invested. So clearly they have influence, though Tim Sweeney has come out to say, yeah, they have influence, but guess what? I'm shareholder number one. I get to make all the decisions in the business of this company. I'm also the CEO. So what I say goes at the end of the day. And I'm really happy to hear him say very definitively that his company would never make such a move, that would never happen on, on my watch as founder and CEO. And so I'm glad that they took a very definitive stand as one of the leading publishers of video games in the world. And it's really disappointing to me that Activision Blizzard went the other way. I actually, especially, oh, sorry. No, sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Finish your statement. I was just going to say, especially given the rights that we as Americans are, you know that we get to appreciate and take advantage of every day and that Activision Blizzard became what it was because of the business model and the structure of the government here in the United States and to not want that for other people around the world and to say, hey, you know what? Well, you don't have to agree with what the protesters are saying, but I think we can all agree that they have the right to say it. Yeah, I, I, I think what I was kind of going up, my
1: train of thought was like, well, I guess it makes sense in the... If, even if you just look at the quote-unquote personalities of these companies. And I do know that people have gotten mad at Epic before for this the exclusivity stuff on the game store or whatever. But I do feel like even in those situations, Epic tries to do right by the customer. I don't feel that necessarily carries over to Activision Blizzard. I know Blizzard likes to try and separate itself a little bit from Activision in that sense. Cause Activision really is the much more very corporate by the book um, brand of the two. And Blizzard always was before much more similar to Epic and like trying to be for the player and just making fantastic video games. And uh, yeah, so the the whole thing, this has just been a, a weird, I think, what did I call it earlier? I was like, this is like a snowball down shit hill. I don't even know. This has escalated so quickly. Um, there was a little bit more stuff buzz I saw on Twitter. Um, so this person that I actually... I don't know if they are a reporter or anything or just a random person that got pick pickup on their tweet, but was saying that Blizzard has disabled all four authentication methods to actively stop people from deleting their accounts... Uh, And then they were just trying to spread awareness of that. And other people in the thread were also confirming that they were not able to delete their accounts. I assume. I don't know if that is an intentional thing on Blizzard or if they were getting hit by so many that the system automatically was like something is wrong here. And like it sort of had a fail safe in it, which is what I would imagine Mm -hmm. it would probably be. But it still doesn't look great um, to have all of that
0: to be like well nope you can't delete your account you are locked in here with me (laughs) when you when you mentioned this to me i was like no that can't be so i'm looking down this chain um and so the original thread comes from at um esp silverfire 2 charlotte mather is her name and so she's got over nine thousand retweets as of us Uh, talking about this on the show, and 15,000 likes. And so I'm going down this thread, and there are several people just in the first few responses that have said, it's happened to me as well. Um, And then people in the European Union saying it's illegal under GDPR for Blizzard to do that, um, that people have the right to delete their their information from these websites. Um, And there appears to be several other people who are looking into this story about mass deleting their accounts, um and it's it's crazy to me that Blizzard would do something like this in response to the to the boycott in response to the criticism. If people want to delete their account and stop supporting them, they absolutely should be able to do that. The idea that Blizzard would lock their information to prevent them from deleting their accounts is absolutely mind boggling to me,
1: yeah. It's, it's bizarre and doesn't seem, and yeah, like somebody else said, for anyone who has GDPR, it's not legal. Um, I don't know. I feel like the United States is way worse <laughs> at these sorts of things. Yeah. Uh, and they're kind of like, whatever, you signed a, an agreement, get fucked. Um, but it, it, it was just crazy to me to be like, why are you just pouring gasoline on this fire? Stop it.
0: Yeah, I just I don't I don't know. I mean, like obviously like they stand to lose a lot of money if China shuts off their their influence or their ability to publish and sell games in the region, but it's crazy to me that people don't recognize the dangerous position United States businesses are in by allowing China to tell them how people here can behave, like how they can speak and what they can say, it's such a stark reminder that the United States has very amazing freedoms that a lot of countries don't have. The idea that you can say something about the government and can't be imprisoned for it, that you could say something about the president and not go to jail for it and not lose your business over it is a freedom that this country was founded on, right? And that we're seeing in real time how a country like China doesn't have that. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. And it wasn't like this esports player said anything horrific. You know, he no. just supported. He just showed a, 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 like, with a single sentence showed support for the protesters, and like immediately was t- taken down. And if you've watched the clip. Seeing the casters respond to him and how they they knew they knew instantly that everyone was going to get in trouble because they ducked under the desk and like they're trying to get their faces off camera um, to have that. Did much that save fear, them. They still also lost their jobs. Exactly. And it wasn't their fault. (laughs) They didn't say anything. It's not like they could have predicted what he was going to do. And if Blizzard and Activision were actually concerned about that, that's why delays exist in broadcast television. You can do a stream delay as well. (laughs) That technology also exists. Yep. I just like this whole thing is just gross to me. Um, I'm incredibly disappointed in Activision Blizzard as a publisher. I think it doesn't bode well for whatever's going to happen for them at BlizzCon. Um, which is just mere weeks away. (laughs) I wonder if they are not going to do Q and A's. Oh, especially uh, after what happened last year. What happened last
1: year, (laughs) what's happening right now, I feel like it would be dangerous to give players the mic. (laughs) On a live stream, anyway. If they want to do them just in person and not broadcast it out, that's another option, I guess, they could go for. Uh, But the world is definitely watching them right now, and... BlizzCon is when they need to be really careful.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it's just, it's so disappointing to me that Blizzard is getting wrapped up in this because I want to believe that if Blizzard wasn't paired with Activision, that if they were still an independent company, that they wouldn't have made this choice. That they would have stood behind their players and their community and they wouldn't have let the threat of profits in China Take away their authenticity as a company, and that they wouldn't have put human rights below profits. But I don't know. I don't know who Blizzard is as a company anymore because we they're don't so have entangled.
1: You know, the, you know? Yeah, we don't. We don't have the the looking glass view into the alternate universes <laughs> that could could have existed. So yeah, it's just it's been really interesting. For me to see, and honestly, that the crazier part about all of this is, I knew stuff was happening in Hong Kong, but honestly, I've just been so busy; I've been really heads down. So this has very much uh, alerted me to what's going on over there. Uh, in, and I'm like, okay, so I mean, I guess he got the job done. He did. He did good in that respect, because mm-hmm. now I am 100% more aware of the situation. But
0: also, good lord, what a mess!
1: What a mess yeah. in terms
0: of the way that this was handled absolutely and we're not going to get into discussing any more of the specifics about what's going on in hong kong there are far better news outlets uh to go to for that in fact all of the major news outlets have recaps of what's happening what's currently happening in the protests in hong kong with china um so if you do want to learn more about that i encourage you to seek out um your favorite source of actual news not just video games. <laughs> yeah the mainstream news Exactly. Well Real I world hope, news. I hope that you know that this doesn't get any worse. I hope that Blizzard lifts this um, authentication snafu that they are currently undergoing, that they allow people to leave their platform and to delete their accounts if they so choose to, because not allowing to do them allowing them to do that is absolutely asinine and thankfully, at least in the European Union, it's against the law. So be better. Activation yep. Blizzard be better in better um, news yeah exactly Red Dead 2 is now out on PC <laughs> hooray and it's coming to Google Stadia woo you could ride a pony anywhere exactly on an airplane maybe not not on an airplane, not, not airplane. An airplane
1: there. internet would not be good enough up there
0: <laughs> maybe, maybe like someday. a private jet if you had like a real exactly. internet exactly <gasps> Um, but it's exciting to hear that finally it's coming to PC. Looking forward to seeing all of the crazy mods that the PC community makes for Red Dead 2. And then, of course, looking forward to seeing how it performs on Stadia, because it looks like Stadia is going to need some more heavyweights to help fill out their roster, because Doom Eternal has been delayed to March 20th, 2020, as if spring 2020 needed another AAA game. <laughs> I know, good lord. I mean,
1: yeah, the front half of 2020 is, is just bonkers. Bonkers, bonkers
0: bananas, I say. Yeah, me and the bananas have gone bonkers. <laughs> um, there was another game out that day.
1: What? I mean, it's a good it? date. I like the 2020.
0: 2020, 20, 2020, 20, 2020, 2020. So many 20s. Um, if it was two just... 20, 2020, that'd be great. Oh, more. March 3rd. Maybe that's what I was confused. March 3rd is Final Fantasy VII Remake. mm Watch Dogs Legion is March 6th, 2020. And what else is in March? Oh, that's it. Animal Crossing New Horizons (gasps) is March 20th, 2020. Oh, my goodness. Those are three giant games all out in the month of March. And now add Doom Eternal. I guess what Doom has going for it is that it's a very different game than all of those games. Yes. But, But, And honestly, like... It could
1: be a good uh, compliment to like an Animal Crossing. You could be like, "I have a nice, happy, shiny world." Where I- well, is it really this shiny? Tom Nook's like kind of a bastard, but you know, <laughs> you-, you have that, and then you're like, "Whoa, oh, demons! Shoot, 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 shoot!" And then you go back to like, Da-da-da. I sell seashells by the seashore."
0: I, I can't imagine doing the hard pivot going from. <laughs> to doom but you know what maybe you just need a pal cleanse maybe you're like playing a bunch of doom and you're like listen it's, there's too many demons i need a break because it happened to me with uh the first doom i just could not i couldn't play for more than like an hour at a time because it was just so intense
1: it was even so when we played at the preview event um i yeah i was like i need a drink like i because this is so intense and i'm sitting here trying to remember okay if i need health i need to kill them this way and if i need shields i need to kill them this way and like so there's a lot of it's much more brain intensive than your average shooter. Uh, so I, I definitely feel like I would need a, need a
0: bit of a relax after that. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, I guess prepare your wallets, start saving now, ladies and gentlemen, yes. March is going to be a doozy. Just twenty twenty before April, it's- because
1: 2020, <laughs> like, okay, the first half is loaded with ph- phenomenal software. And then the new consoles are coming out in the fall. So like, don't buy anything this fall. <laughs> no Christmas presents. No Black Friday. Save hoard your hoard your peanuts, everybody. You're gonna need them next year.
0: Uh, no wonder all of the retailers are like, kind of like clutching their per- pearls right now. It's yeah, gonna be a rough. It's gonna be a rough retail season for video game retail. Um, all right, I think that's gonna do it for the news for this week. Uh, When we come back, we're going to talk about what we've been playing. It's going to be fun. I'm excited to talk about some of the games this week. Stick with us. We'll be back in just a minute. And welcome back to the What's Good Games podcast. This is our second segment of the show where we talk about what we've been playing. And this week is brought to you by patreon.com slash what's good games where you can get access to exclusive blogs, streams, and so much more like drawn postcards with a handwritten note. One of our favorite things to do every month is to send you guys personal messages. If you want to help support the show, keep the lights on and help get us to events so that we can cover video games please consider membership at patreon.com slash what's good games all right the first game that i would like to talk about this week is concrete genie and i need to make sure that you guys are aware that concrete genie was provided to me by playstation access to this game and to this coverage was made possible by sony interactive entertainment so they don't I like original- me. They didn't give me a code for Concrete <laughs> G. I actually I really thought this game looks. I didn't know you wanted one. I can ask them for one. Yes, please. Um, I they thought really the game an- looks nice. Yes, so it does. So I am incredibly excited to report that I've been having a blast with this game. I remember when they originally unveiled it, and it looked really neat. It looked sp- like something they were doing something special. And I was really excited to see it, but I didn't know how the gameplay would come together. And so far, I've just been absolutely loving my time with the game. So to give people a little bit of background, um, they're calling it an action-adventure game from one of Sony Interactive Entertainment's smallest development studio, Pixelopus. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Pixelopus? 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 Pixelopagus. <laughs> um, I just want to read a little bit from uh, Sony's PR team. They wrote, "Concrete Genie follows the heartwarming journey of a bullied teenager named Ash, who escapes his troubles by painting spectacular living landscapes and mischievous, mischievous genies throughout his abandoned hometown of Denska, once a bustling seaside town, now consumed by darkness. As he masters his magical paint, he discovers it can purify Denska's polluted walls. Can Ash overcome?" his personal struggles and paint his hometown back to life. So that's kind of like a like a brief synopsis of what the game is about. It's a third-person um, action-adventure game, as they mentioned. The action part of it doesn't feel as fast-paced as you would maybe normally associate with an action-adventure. It feels more like a puzzle-based adventure walking game uh, than anything. Though there are some tense moments while you have to kind of escape and hide from the bullies that are chasing you around. The opening scene with Ash and the bullies as they confront him and, um, you know, kind of steal his sketchbook and you have to go around and collect the sketches that they've ripped from the pages really kind of hit me in the in the heartstrings in a way that I wasn't anticipating. I think everybody has a personal story with bullying, something that they've encountered either through a loved one or a family friend or even yourself that you're gonna have something about this story that I think resonates with you from when you were a kid and those feelings that we all go through of of loneliness and, you know, doubt and your self confidence, you know, is being kicked around by people who you know, want nothing more than just to hurt you and put you down. And it's such a such a you know vulnerable time of our lives being a teenager, being a young teenager at that. And so I thought that the opening themes for this game were very powerful. And then it gets kind of right into the gameplay and you get to meet your first genie. So these genies are these kind of made-up creatures from your imagination that you draw on the wall and then come to life. And then there's different types of genies that have different abilities in the world. I love how intuitive the painting mechanic was. So you start with a, a small inventory of items that you can paint. And so it does utilize the the uh, motion controls for the DualShock 4. And I found them very easy to use, but they do have accessibility options as well. So you can tailor the painting if you need additional assistance with the motion controls, which I thought was a, a, an important touch for them to add accessibility. Um, and you essentially will pick an item. So they have a couple different plants, let's say like two or three different types of flowers that you select it and then you like hold down the trigger and then you can like draw it up by moving the controller. Um, and it took a little bit of practice to get a, a, to get a hold of it, but they do have an undo button, which is very nice. So Control if, you Z. Draw some, <laughs> if you draw something really sideways, which I've done a couple times, I was like, oh no, that looks terrible. You just... Click the L2 and bam, it disappears and you can redraw it, which I thought was such an important touch because after you do your first drawing, you become very invested in how your, how your art looks on the walls. And what I love about this game is that the world that I'm in, my version of Denska is going to look nothing like anybody else's because you get to customize all of the art to how you want it to look. And I think that that's such a neat touch that makes it feel so personal. There are moments where a specific genie will want you to draw specific pieces of art, but you can add onto that as long as you draw the pieces of art they want because there's times where your genie wants to be happy and so they'll kind of do like a little thought bubble of the thing that they want to see on the wall Mm -hmm. so this one genie will be like oh i want to see a rainbow here and so you, you know draw a rainbow and then it will like put little hearts out into the world and then the genie will give you what they call um super paint and you use the super paint to paint over the darkness on the walls. And so, really, the idea is that you're clearing sections of the town uh, of this darkness by interacting with these genies, making the genies happy, playing with the genies, helping them get through obstacles in the world. Because, in order for them to move along the walls, you have to paint in very specific places and sometimes moving items around the world in order to connect the paintings. So, that's kind of the puzzle aspect of the game. And then you clear the darkness all while trying to avoid this gang of kids that is trying to bully you and trying to uh, be confrontational with you. And so far I'm, I did not think this game would grab me as immediately as it did, but it was hard for me to put the controller down to come and shoot the show tonight because <laughs> I was having oh, such that's, that's good, a though. fun time playing. Yeah, it's and it's just beautiful. The way that they've made the art in the game kind of flow off the wall. Now, you would think that maybe it would have more of a 2D effect, and in, so, in some spaces it does, but there are uh, certain parts where they want you to recreate a, a specific drawing and then it kind of like pops out into the world and has like all these neon colors that kind of float overhead. And it's just so magical. And that's like the only word I can think to describe it. They did a really fantastic job with the art style in this game. It has it's It's a combination of... Hand drawn and hand painted in a way that does truly feel like you're drawing, like you're creating art. It doesn't really feel like graffiti, which I appreciate because I think that they can do much more intricate things artistically with paintbrush strokes and then then you would be able to do with a can of spray paint, for example. Yeah. Yeah, And it's much. Yeah, and you can do more finite details. So you can do small blades of grass, and then you can also do flowers. You can do a rainbow. You can do clouds. So you can't get that kind of detail with spray can paint. So I really love the the direction they went with the art style, and I'm really interested to see where the story goes with Ash and all the different types of genies that you can encounter. Because as you go along and you unlock different genies, you can call them over to you with your paintbrush, and at this one point I had four of them unlocked and they all like came running over together. Um, and they all were just kind of like hanging out with each other. On like the, the mural, Exactly. And then you can draw like a little apple on the wall and they'll like pick it up and eat it. And they're just like your little animal friends and you get to customize each of the genies as well. So you'll not only unlock, um, things to put in your portraits, but also you unlock genie parts. So whether it's ears or antennas, tails, and once you've made a genie, if you're like, hey, you know, I don't really like the way I made the antennas on that genie, I'm going to, you can edit your genies along the way and give them new, and give them new parts. And so I thought that that was really neat that you not only get to customize the way that the world looks, but you get to customize how all of your genies look as well. And I just... I just absolutely love it, and I'm so excited that they are releasing a PlayStation VR mode for this game because I think it's going to be absolutely gorgeous in VR, and I can't wait to try it out. So the game came out this week. If you guys are interested, um, it's 29 dollars Of course, this is a PlayStation 4 exclusive because it was made by Sony Interactive T- Entertainment's first uh, worldwide studios. But I just have to say, like, if you saw this game and you have any interest in in art at all and you want a game that is super relaxing and they have a free draw mode as well um, that unlocks when you I think you have to just do the first the first chapter and then the free draw mode unlocks if you just want to sit in the world and have a relaxing experience where you just get to paint that's such a fun way to just incorporate the mechanics that they've built for the gameplay in a kind of like a free play mode that sounds nice it sounds yeah like what the doctor ordered. A little nice watercolor paint on a wall. Some little friend genies hanging out, chilling with you. Sounds nice. Yeah, I really like it. I'm looking forward to, to finishing it. I don't know how long it is. I haven't looked at the trophy list or, or anything like that. Um, I'm only in chapter two. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing where the story goes. And if Ash can um, beat these bullies into submission, I hope that he can. And I'm um, just looking forward to seeing more genies and, and more art. Um, and thanks again to PlayStation for providing me a copy of the game. So, um, all right. That uh, is probably all I can say. I really love cool. this game. Yeah. It's really great. <laughs> well, good job. Yeah. Pixelopus. GG. Um, all right. You have been playing Untitled Goose Game. Yes. So I finally dove in uh, the other day
1: and I (laughs) it's definitely appealing to my inner asshole, which actually sounds really gross. But (laughs) (laughs) like, like I found myself just like heckling people, like the people in the games even more like. Just being like, haha, shithead, like, yeah, you fucking, yeah, you, you picked that thing up, ha-ha, and I'm knocking all your stuff over. <laughs> like, I just by myself being the, I don't, like, the worst. Like, I'm just the worst when I play this game, uh, and I really enjoy that. So it's very therapeutic in the opposite way of Concrete Genie. <laughs> Concrete Genie is like, oh, you know, relax, here's a beautiful thing. And then Entitled Goose Game is like, Go be as annoying as possible and piss everyone off and it's good. And you're like, oh, yes, this is what I've been wanting all of my life. I've always wanted to be a total shithead and have somebody <laughs> praise me for it. And to check off a <laughs> list. There's like a whole list of bullshit, asshole things you can do. And you're just like, oh, I did it. I did it. I stole this toothbrush. I went over here. I stole that person's thing. I made this dumb kid buy his airplane back. Get wrecked, kid. You <laughs> like <laughs> Like so it's it's been a lot of fun to just kind of go around and feel i don't want to say like powerful you're a goose, like you're just a fucking goose, but there's still something where you feel really empowered by it for some reason and i love just honking at people and like flapping my wings at them i think maybe it's because in real life i very much respect geese i stay away (laughs) from them i give them their distance you don't play with
0: geese man no exactly (laughs) mess you
1: up (laughs) yes so i think that's part of it i actually think god who would have guessed a goose is a power fantasy but there you have it like it really truly is because i've never seen anybody except for really small children who then learn their lessons very quickly uh most people just leave geese alone (laughs) for good reason um and so to be able to just be be the goose and you are the goose and you're just running around screwing up everyone's day is there's something very delightful about it that i have very much enjoyed (laughs)
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to playing this game. I haven't gotten a chance to download it yet, but um, it looks super fun, and everybody is raving about it. And it looks like a perfect Switch game. So,
1: yeah, it's really Definitely. nice. I, I wasn't quite sure, even you know, after Britt was talking about it, like what I would classify it as. But I do think it's very much a puzzle game, like because you'll have to figure out how to work around people because they will take things away from you if you see them. So I guess it's like stealth puzzle, because like, sometimes you do have to try and figure out like how to either distract the person or how to get around them without them seeing you. Uh, and then also like the best ways to go about doing the items on your checklist. So that's kind of what it plays like if you are curious.
0: Yeah. I, I think what's great about untitled goose game is that, like you said, it just l- kind of let you blow off steam and you get to be a dick to everybody and there's no, there's no consequences like no. There is in the real world. Exactly. Like this woman was chasing me with her broom and I was like, I'm not scared of your broom. <laughs>
1: Come at me. I will flap my wings at you. I will honk incessantly. (laughs) I I, honk incessantly. (laughs) I just honk all the time. Well, except when I can't, like when I'm trying to be stealthy, obviously, that's when I don't honk. But yeah, otherwise, I'm just walking around honking, being my best self, just making a bunch of noise for no reason because I feel (laughs) like it. Just being a goose.
0: Yeah. Be a goose. Um,. Well, thank you for that update in your uh, honking, asshole, goosey ways. (laughs) (laughs) Um, In a very different experience, uh, but also fun experience, Um, I want to talk a little bit about a game called What the Gulf. So I've been watching John play this on Apple Arcade, and I was like, okay, this game looks really fun. I have to play this for myself. And so after several attempts to get into his family plan for Apple Arcade, I finally discovered, oh, you have to have the latest iOS 13 update in order to be able to download Apple Arcade, which I didn't realize. So pro tip, if you were like me and you're like, what the heck? Why can't I find Apple Arcade in the App Store, in the iTunes Store, anywhere? you probably haven't updated your iOS on your phone. Um, I am absolutely loving Apple Arcade. How many amazing games are included for $4.99 is kind of unbelievable. Um, So if you guys are wanting to try it, you can get your first month for free. Um, As I mentioned, I'm on John's plan. You can get up to six people on a family sharing plan um, with Apple. And so I think that if you have a roommate or... Um, or a family member that wants to do, share with you, it's a it's a great value, and the games can be played offline, which is also really which is also really great. So, what the golf? Um, let me read the little description. <laughs> I'm like, is it mini golf? <laughs> no. So, well, sort of. So, it's a golf game for people who hate golf. Ah, it's that's silly, me. Yeah, it's a silly physics-based golf parody where every golf course is a new surprising type of golf. Some brilliant or hilarious, others so absurd they will make you go, what the golf? Wait, um, absurd, and-
1: like, what was... The, wait, was it you who was playing... It was a billiards game or a pool game or something and, like, the the balls would be, like, animals or, like, some weird shit.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was... um. It was um, Pool Panic. Yes. Is it like yeah. like that wacky or like different wacky? Yes. Like that. Okay. But, but different. I would say, well, it does get, there's a lot of strategy in the much later levels, but the early levels are super approachable and fun. So just as like an example, so this is made from a, a small studio called Triban. Um, it was founded in 2015 by three guys, uh, Tim, Peter, and Rune. Uh, they are all based in Copenhagen. And um, they have added some extras, I think. some They have three other people on their team now. So this is an interesting story, just kind of like that this small team was able to get featured in Apple Arcade uh, very early on. But So the game, let me see if I can pull it up on my phone here. But it starts out exactly like you think. So you kind of use uh, the touch controls on your phone to, you know, pull back as your swing, and then you let the, you release the ball and, towards the hole, and you don't have to get it in the hole. You just have to hit the flag, which I oh, like. Oh, okay. That's good. <laughs> it's much easier. Yes. But then it quickly devolves into hilarity because soon you're, the ball isn't the thing moving. There's a whole bunch of objects that move. in um, one... You pull uh, and it releases a house. And then the house is the thing that you have to get to hit the flag. And another one, it's a cat. and in like another a, one, Like a real live cat. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just wacky. And it's so much fun. And what I love is that some levels are just super easy and dumb. And then some levels have a lot of strategy involved. And a lot of the levels, you can go back and there's a challenge. And so if you're like, oh, I'm really kind of going through this super quickly um you know you can go back and then they'll add like a a challenge Um, let me see if i can get this up to the screen here if you guys can see maybe this isn't the best level oh look it's a it's a flappy it's a flappy i was about to say that looks like flappy bird oh my gosh oh no oh no why okay i already died oh my Um, that that sounds correct for flappy bird (laughs) But what's neat is that they have homages to tons of different video games. Um, I've already run across one for um, Donkey Kong. I've run across one for Mario. There's Flappy Bird. There's ones for Super Hot. Um, there's one for Portal. They, these are just essentially like spoofs and parody levels off of these really iconic, famous games. And the through line to all of them is that you have to get an object. It doesn't always have to be a golf ball, but an object to hit the flag at the end of the level. And it's super fun. The art style is really cute. It's very cheeky. And if you're looking for something that is really fun and um, (laughs) will make you smile and make you go, what the golf then I highly recommend you guys check out uh, this on Apple Arcade. Sounds cute. I'm looking forward to playing this on many an airplane ride. Ah, yes. Yes. Um, But yeah, they have a lot of games on Apple Arcade that I'm looking forward to trying out, like Cat Quest. That sounds pretty cute. Sounds like a game you would like. I know, right? There's cats and questing. You love both of those things. I do. Check and check. (laughs) I have been playing a little bit more of Destiny 2 Shadowkeep. Uh, They released the new raid, Crown of Salvation. Uh, Am I getting that wrong? I I would not know. All of the guardians are listening. Garden of Salvation are shaking their heads, being like, come on, Andrea, get with the times. And I just haven't been able to keep up because... I have, I was out of town last week for a friend's wedding and then, you know, I had to play some other stuff too, but I'm looking forward to getting the grind on in destiny and getting my light level high and to trying the raid so far. I've been really loving everything that I've been seeing with what they've done with shadow keep. And it was interesting to me that some people reached out to me after the show went live last week saying that they haven't had the uh, performance, uh, um, not woes was the opposite of woes. Um, Boons? Oh, <laughs> yeah, the boons. Perfect. Uh, the performance boons that I was experiencing on PS4 Pro, notably Xbox players having some difficulty. We've even seen some people post clips and uh, streams and things like that of Xbox just really struggling with certain parts of Destiny 2 Shadowkeep, so I hope that they work out those kinks sooner than later, um, especially since you know, I think all eyes are on how it's going to perform on Stadia, hopefully flawlessly. But um, whenever you have technical problems in a game, it's always a bummer. I know because that's what happened to me with Gears 5. Just ran into technical problems and I was sad about it. So I hope that gets worked out for everybody. But I've been really enjoying my time with the game. I think it looks great. I'm excited to see where they take it. I will say it was a little bit puzzling to me that so soon after introducing the nightmares and the storyline of Keep that they introduce all of this Vex offensive stuff. It just feels like they're two separate storylines that don't really intersect. At least I haven't seen them intersect yet. And I'm not quite sure why Bungie would set up this really interesting storyline with the nightmares and with Eris Morn and everything happening on the moon and the Hive and then completely pivot <laughs> towards the Vex and a completely separate storyline of what's happening with the Vex. So in the Black Garden, but you know, I I'm hoping that they branch somewhere because it almost feels like these were meant to be two separate expansions, or well, not necessarily separate expansions, but at least like two separate season pass offerings. And maybe they should have been spaced out a little bit more. But mm. I don't know; it's a little bit of a head scratcher for me. So, I have I'm not sure... experienced this, so I have I do not know. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're probably never coming back to Destiny. No, yet. I think I'm, I think think that
1: baby's in bed <laughs> oh I mean unless sad. I don't know unless they if they again I think I've said this before if they come out with like a new class to explore or something like I would hop back in for that um, and I do feel like in general they aren't they aren't the worst at it but they aren't fantastic at catch-up mechanics so it's just hard it feels it feels harder than it should um, to jump in and that's the thing where I already am so busy and we have other things going on that it just doesn't feel worth it. I'm sitting here biding my time waiting for you to be done with Shadowkeep <laughs> so we can go to Borderlands.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm down. Let's play. Yes. You let me know. Let's pick a time. Let's do it more than a couple hours in advance, though. Let's, like, set a date. i like tried.
1: I've for tried before.
0: I didn't try this because I knew you were gone. So I was like, well, whatever. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. But yes,
1: we will. We will pick some time and we will play maybe this weekend.
0: Yeah, that'd be great. Um, all right, I think that's probably it for what we've been playing. Um, sorry that we don't have more to chat about, but um, I could just keep talking about how much I love Concrete Genie and how you guys should play it. Concrete but Genie, I really just want to play more Concrete Genie. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> well, not yet, but know, maybe, not yet. maybe maybe but, it's going to be a sleeper. Who could say? Yeah, I, I mean it. it
1: I, when you just mentioned it, I was like, I for, number one forgot that a game existed. Number two, when I did see it, it, was like, this game looks like a game I would very much enjoy. So I am excited to know that it is out. The only thing that I, I feel like I'm a little bummed about, and this is not really a fault of their, own, but like um, that it's a PlayStation exclusive because I feel like it would be a good Switch game.
0: Or would it? Hmm. Um, I don't think it would because of the mechanic involving the DualShock Four. Mm it would require you to either dock your Switch or to play it in kickstand mode with the Joy-Cons detached. Mm, Never mind them. Which to me is inherently anti-Switch. Yes. Because you want people to be able to play it in regular handheld mode. I feel like that's the way most people play. Um, So I don't think it would work on Switch. And also, I don't know if these graphics would, would be done justice on the Switch, quite frankly, because um, they're really, really beautiful on PlayStation Four Pro, so I'm, I'm gonna. If you're listening to this, I hopefully will have already posted screenshots in my Twitter feed because I've taken a couple. Because I do have a really fantastic photo mode as well, but yeah, I do think it's a it's a bummer that you know it is an exclusive for that reason, but. That being said, there are lots of people that own PlayStation 4s. So hopefully if you're one of them out there, you can appreciate it. And maybe someday it'll come to PC since apparently PlayStation exclusives are coming to PC these days. That is true. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how they would do the motion control. I'm sure that they would just allow you to simulate it with a mouse. But yeah. So can I do something unorthodox? Because I realized we
1: totally yeah. forgot something. Yeah. We forgot a piece of news. Oh, we did? We did. It's really important it's our show andrea we can do it it
0: is our show all right summer what is the news
1: galarian ponyta is a pokemon shield exclusive this comes to us from polygon
0: oh yes of course the my little pony pokemon yes she looks like my little pony it looks
1: like my little pony and it's amazing so there's a new ponyta variant for pokemon shield exclusively The pastel unicorn-esque creature galloping around the 24-hour Pokémon Sword and Shield stream is indeed Galarian Ponyta. Oh, right! That 24-hour stream we were all wondering about. Well, I guess this is the result, is this beautiful pony. Um, The Pokémon company released new details on the, quote, Unicorn Horn Pokémon this morning after fans spotted its glistening mane multiple times during the stream. The developer also confirmed that Galarian Ponyta is a Shield-exclusive. So uh, it's not going to be easy to choose between Sir Fetch, which is the sword exclusive, and then this beautiful My Little Pony masterpiece. Um, the two abilities listed for Galarian Ponyta are Pastel, Ve- Pastel Veil and Runaway, which explains why she was so secretive on screen. The Pokemon Company described Pastel Veil as an ability that, quote, prevents the Pokemon and its allies from becoming poisoned. Uh, it can also cure poison Pokemon from its ailment when it joins the battle. And then, so really, just go look up this Pokemon on Twitter, because she's beautiful. Or again, it, because it can be, I think, male or female, is beautiful. And really, just it absolutely 100% looks like a My Little Pony, which is fantastic. It looks like, uh, let's see, Ponyta's Fiery Mane is now like Cotton Candy Fluff. I think that's a good way to describe it. Yeah, so. this is
0: officially my favorite Pokemon of all time. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, this Pokemon is like goat Pokemon. <laughs>
1: Yes, as in greatest
0: of all time yes like, i don't know if there will ever be a pokemon that tops this pokemon like the tail and the hair and the mane look like pastel cotton candy Mm-hmm. and it's got little cotton candy poofs on each of its hooves and it's got a unicorn horn I, I, yeah this ponyta is fantastic yeah
1: i'm really i'm starting to get very hyped for sword and shield um i guess now I'm pa- i was going to go sword because i liked the dog I like the legendary because he looks so cute with the sword. and He's like, I got a sword girl. And you're like, oh, that's so cute. But now I'm like, do I have to go shield because Ponyta?
0: Yeah, (laughs) I think I might. I I wasn't even contemplating which one I was going to go with. I was just going to kind of flip a coin when it came close to launch. (laughs) But it's definitely Pokemon shield now. (laughs) Yep. I think that's the correct choice. We can trust that Brittany will play both of them. So yeah, Brittany will probably sword so there you go dang what a cute pokemon and that's going to do it for the show for this week uh we hope you guys enjoyed um Brittany will be here in los angeles next week it's going to be a fun time don't forget to join us for the streams it's not too late to sign up for patreon exclusive benefits at patreon.com slash good games as we already mentioned and we hope that you guys have a fantastic weekend we'll see you next week bye